Hoody ho. We are back. Yes. I hope I'm not yelling in the mic too much. Uh, Jesus. I don't know what number this is. I think it's 30. Hold on, guys, because I have episodes done and I need to figure out what episode this is. And I know some of you are yelling at me saying, we know the number, but you don't. Yeah. All right. I'm just leaving this. I know people are going to be like, well, just why don't you just redo it? No, no, no. We ain't doing it. Episode 33. I was right in my head. I just didn't say it because I didn't have the conviction. Um, Yeah, guys, uh, we're here and we're chipper or positivity. And um, yeah, we're on a journey. We're finding more and more people. And um, man, I love this. Roadcaster Pro Board. This shit is right. Um, anyway, screw all that. We'll get into that another episode. Anyway, um, this is Morgan. She is... I don't even, man. I don't even know how she gets through the shit she gets through. I really don't. I'll be honest. Like, her life is so hard, but she is just fantastic. I can't even... I don't know. I can't even really figure out how someone is as strong as she is so either way just please love my friend morgan she i don't know how you get cancer seven times and you know you're even still alive but this woman is so strong she refuses to let anything take her and you know that kind of strength is just just all inspiring and you know we we need we need more of that in this world so anyway guys and please welcome my friend morgan all right guys we're back for another one and uh it's another person i found off of these you know do what do you remember what group we met on i think it was the podcast group on facebook oh okay that's funny because sometimes like a lot of disabled groups i don't find people but i find people in the podcasting groups Uh, right um yeah so this is morgan um so why don't you just tell us like you know obviously where you're from and you know what you've what what is ailing you i guess all right so i'm morgan and i am from montana um i am a cancer survivor i've had cancer seven times um so yeah that's just kind of where i'm at um i just finished up my last treatment this past year um, where I had an amputation, and now I am wheelchair and crush dependent. Um, it's like what I like to call it. So, yeah. Right. Um, so, what? When was your first uh, bout with uh, battle with cancer? So I was. Um, well, five actually, years sorry. Old. First, tell us how old you are, sorry. and then then. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm 26 years old now. Um. I was first diagnosed with osteosarcoma cancer in 1999 when I just turned five years old. Um, And as a result, I underwent a bunch of chemo that year and I had my first amputation on my right leg. Um, And then it just kind of progressed from there. Every couple of years, I ended up relapsing to the point where I just finished up my seventh round this past year. Okay. Um, Which one was of the seven, which do you feel like was the hardest to deal with? Or was there one? um, yeah, so I think they're all um, difficult in their own ways, but I would have to say this past year when um, I was diagnosed 
for the seventh the seventh time it was about a year ago to the state um, where I had my last reoccurrence and I would say it was the most difficult because it was um, I had run out of options like I couldn't do chemo anymore no more radiation so it was literally like death knocking on the door and I had this very drastic surgery where they amputated my right hip um, and all the way down so I don't my uh, right hip um, I don't have any of those muscles or bones there um, or anything like that. But along with that came the very real, the reality of that I would never walk again uh, without crutches. Um, I would never be able to fulfill like the movements of walking like a regular person would. Um, and then just the pain that went along with it. Um, I was old enough at this point to know kind of the reality of the situation. When I was five, I didn't really realize how bad it was. And then this last time, I think the like how severe the situation was. It was the most intense aggressive cancer I'd had to date. So that all just kind of played into the fact that, uh, you know, I might not come out of this on the other end, um, which I did. So we're very lucky there. Right. Um, uh, obviously, I mean, I think the only good thing about it, having it for so long through your life, at least you, you know, didn't grow up with this unknown. Well, it is an unknown, but you, you know, you kind of were used to it in, in, in some way. Uh, right, yeah, it was just kind of what I knew. It's it's the life I've always had, and it was just another situation to deal with. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, of the seven times, are they all in different areas or same type of cancer? Um. um so it's all the same type. It's all osteosarcoma, so the bone cancer. Um. But three of the seven times were different spots, and then um the four past the. Four most recent times were all in the same area, my right pelvis, right hip area. So did it just spread to other areas or just? Um, yeah. yeah, so no. Um, so the first time I had it, it was just kind of, it just happened. The second time my relapse happened in uh, about nine years later. So it was actually a relapse, not a metastasis. And then um, every time they've, we've, been faced with a new reoccurrence, we've always been able to get rid of the cancer, but then it just keeps coming back. So they don't think it's spreading or anything. They just think it's just like keeps coming back in new, uh, at different times. Um, so because when I'm done with treatment at the end of each each uh, relapse, the cancer is not in, anywhere in my body, but then it just keeps coming back. And um, they found out the reason for that um, this past year and a half. They discovered that I have a genetic issue. That is causing all these cancers um, to reoccur over and over. Right. Is there anything they can do about that now that they discovered it? Um. So the biggest thing with this is called Leifermini syndrome. It's a genetic mutation with your TP53 uh, gene. Um. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to get rid of that gene or to make it so you don't get cancer in that sense. But the biggest thing is just preventative. Um measures and early detection. So early detection obviously is key um, it, with any kind of cancer, but at least now that I know I have this mutation, I do these scans and these testing, uh, different tests to find that cancer that's very probable that will happen. So if they can find it early on, they can get rid of it or take the steps to make it so it doesn't impact my life as much. And then what I mean by early um, intervention or early prevention is that uh, prophylactic. So I'm a high risk breast cancer patient as well. 
I have never had breast cancer, but because of this genetic mutation, uh, statistically speaking, 97, about 97% of people by the age of 40 that are female will have uh, breast cancer at this point with this genetic mutation. So as a result, we know that I need to have preventative um, mastectomies in order to reduce my chance of getting this breast cancer. Had I not known I had this mutation, um, it's very probable that I would have gotten breast cancer uh, because I wouldn't have done anything preventatively. Right. So what is, like, or, or first I should say, uh, what is, or how often do you go to the doctors? Um, for oncology or just in general? <laughs> just in, like, as far as for, for, for all this cancerous stuff, like how often right. do they have to check on you and make sure that nothing is progressing? Yeah. Um, so I do, they have a protocol now that they follow um, at Mayo Clinic where every three months I do uh, MRIs and blood work and to see if anything's popping up. Um, and then uh, once a year, they do a whole workup of full body MRI, scans on my brain, um, blood work, the whole workup. Um, and the reason they do the MRIs is just because I've had so much radiation. I don't want to be doing CAT scans and stuff um, unless it's an emergency. So at least once a year, I have the full workup. Every three months, I have the basic MRI workup. And then should anything pop up or I relapse, that's a whole new ball game where uh, we're getting tricked on even more. And then they have it set up now. So I travel from Montana to Minnesota every other uh, scan check. So every six months I'm out of mail. And then between that six-month mark and the 12-month mark, um, I'm in Billings, Montana, doing my checkup with Billings Clinic. So I'm getting checked every three months. And then... Um, when I'm out at mail every six months, I do the, um, like the bigger scans, kind of more in depth. And then, um, at least once a year, it's at least a week of tests, just bam, bam, bam. So, yeah. And then now I'm dealing with like, as a result of everything in my past, um, I do a lot of, I've had a lot of side effects from different treatments and surgeries. So at least every couple of days, I'm doing something that's doctor related, whether it be physical therapy or blood work, um, or I'm just in the hospital because, uh, I'm sick from my potassium dropping, which is a side effect of all of this stuff. So it's an ongoing issue, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, I don't want to say it could be worse because I don't think that's fair to say to anybody, but um, I'm very grateful and very lucky to be where I'm at because, you know, if this is all I'm dealing with compared to what I was dealing with in the past few months, I'm, I'm content. I'm very, I'm very okay with where I'm at. <laughs> right. Um, so what it, what are you like psychologically? Because not just now, but I mean, you know, take us through the, the journey, I guess, because you think, okay, you start off at five and you said you're, you're how old now? 26? Yep. 26. So, you know, you've been dealing with this for over 20 years um, or around 20 years. Yeah, 21 years. Um, yeah. So how do you, like, because you're always constantly looking over your shoulder like something bad's going to mm -hmm. happen. And it's not yeah. one of those, um, you know, like we all have our negativities and our problems and stuff that we worry about. But yours is a genuine fear, like something could get worse again and you could lose another part or whatever. So psychologically over the, you know, from the beginning until now, like how have you been able to keep it together? Um, that's a good question. And I don't, um, I think it's very important to be real be real with people in this regard because um, I don't want people to think, oh, well, she went through it and she's totally fine, like, all the way around. Because the right. thing with cancer and just 
health in general is once something's done, like that chemo is done or that all clear is given, people think life goes on back to normal. And I, I, I've never had a normal um, in that regard. Um, like you said, I'm always looking over my shoulder, and I think that's the biggest thing because I don't want to live in fear of something bad happening. But I can't just tell myself not to worry because I'm still going to worry. So how do I deal with that? So I think it, um, it was an up and down roller coaster from the time I was kind of younger in my like early teens when I was kind of starting to realize, you know, cancer is a very real thing in my family. Um, I lost my dad to cancer when I was in middle school and then I relapsed. And so it was just overwhelming. And I remember that being kind of the first time where I started having some mental health, you know, issues. Um, throughout high school, I was very depressed. I was a very depressed individual. Um, it didn't seem like it, but I was very depressed and just very anxious. And then college, and after every relapse, I found myself just kind of cycling. I would be fine, and then I'd relapse, and then all of a sudden, I was, you know, I was just really depressed and just super worried and anxious. And I just, I got into counseling. Um, I was able to get in with a great team of doctors, so I had a great support system with my family and whatnot. So luckily, I've had those things, and I don't think without those things, I think my journey would have been very different. But with my support team, with the doctors, with the healthcare workers, with the counselor, um, they were able to get me through. Um, and sometimes that's all it was. It was literally getting through day by day. But it got to the point where it was day by day and then week by week and year by year. And I was doing better and better. And then stuff would happen. And I kind of, that pattern just happened. But over the years, I learned coping skills. I learned, um, you know, it's not the end. And then I kind of came up with this. The idea, we've all heard it probably, is it's not over till it's over. Um, the game's not over till it's over. That last call is made, you know. And I think that's very real for me, not just with my cancer stuff, but in general is um, you keep playing till that last call is made, you know. <laughs> like that whistle blows or whatever. And uh, for me, it's like, you know, I, I feel like there's times where I shouldn't have made it. I should not have made it this far in life. I should, you know, everything was against me. The odds were against me. I should not have. I should not be alive, but I am, and not for a reason, whatever that might be. And, you know, I'm. it's not over, and so I'm not going to stop fighting. I'm not going to start stop living life because it's not over. But that's not always one of my attitudes. Um, like I said, I was really depressed, and um, then college came, and I was doing relapse after relapse, it seemed like. And, um, you know, it just I wanted to give up, and I, I literally wanted to give up. And then... Um, I just, I, I really think that support system because on my own, I don't think I could have done it. I think I would have just caved, but they got me through. My friends got me through. My family got me through. Um, and so that was kind of the pattern. But then everything changed, um, in the, that regard when I found out I have this genetic mutation. Because prior to that, it was just like, you know, I had really crap, crappy luck. I'm relapsing over and over and cancer. It just won't leave me alone. And then when I found out I had this genetic mutation, it was like, well, this is why it keeps happening. But along with that came the fact that cancer has not only been a huge part of my past, it's going to be a huge part of my future and my present day. So prior to knowing that I had this genetic mutation, there was always that hope that, you know, maybe it won't come back. Maybe I'll be okay in that regard. And now it's just like, well, I felt like when I was diagnosed with the genetic issue is that I had a you know, they saw my death sheet up there right there. It was like, you know, I'm in dark and cancer. And I just, I, I was done. I was over it. And I was just like, what's the point of trying to continue life when I know I'm going to die from cancer? 
And so from that, it was, um, I think that was kind of rock bottom for me. was just like not wanting to live and not wanting to be in this fight anymore with life or cancer. So I really had to um, rely on just the fact that, you know, it's not over until it's over. And I had to realize that. And I was in a deep, dark place. And luckily, I had, like I said, the great support system was there for me once again. And I found how to really find within my own self, like, why do I want to be alive? And I really had to dig deep and um, just hold on for dear life because it was a crazy ride. It still is. And um, I'm still here. But it took, it was a very dark place. And I was luckily able to get out of that spot. Um, and I still have moments where I'm just like, you know, this really sucks. Like, I'm always going to have cancer in my life, whether I have it actively or there's always that very real possibility that it's going to be back anytime soon or maybe in the future, but it's always going to be there. Um, and just having to think about, you know, preventatively, I'm going to have to go through more surgeries. And then what about if the cancer does come back, whatever, you know, it's just, it's even more real that it's going to come back. And so trying to process all that. Um, and then with that came the possibility of, you know, my family having it, uh, this genetic issue, my nephew's getting it this cancer um, issue in their genes. And so it just opened the whole can of worms. So just trying to process all that was hard. And um, I'm getting much better now, but it was very, it was very hard. And, um, you know, I just, it was, it was hard. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do was just finding the will to keep going and um, pushing through. And after this last relapse when I was in the hospital for months on end, um, it kind of sent me towards that way again of that deep, dark place of, you know, I want to be alive, but I'm, I really need to dig deep for why, because there's a really real possibility I'm not going to come out of this. Because it was a very risky procedure, time after time, the cancer was aggressive. Um, but like I said, I'm still here, and I don't plan on that changing. So um, I just have to really check my attitude sometimes and my perspective and be like, you know what, I'm here, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm going to keep on doing what I do. So. Right. Yeah, that's kind of my journey with mental health. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we all battle it, and it's it's really bad. Um, you know, and some are stronger than others, but there's a lot of strong people that just can't take it anymore either. I've never, exactly. I've never looked at people, especially people who are really entrenched in their mental health. I never looked at them as weak if they checked out, like if they killed themselves, exactly, yeah. because you don't know what they're going through. You know, like I, I always exactly. go back to the the Robin Williams situation where he, you know, he hung himself and everyone's like, well, yeah. you know, he was broke and you know what? And it's like, yeah, but he's Robin Williams. If he wanted to do a comedy special tomorrow, if he wanted to, you know, they, they were working on all kind of sequels to a lot of his movies and everything. And he can make millions of dollars tomorrow. He's just, he's in another place where he just, you know, yeah, he had his family, he had his kids, he had money, he had everything. He's just whatever, whatever demons are in his head just wouldn't let up, and he just said, "I, I had enough." Um, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it sucks because then, of course, in a way, it is selfish. In a way, it isn't. Like it is his life, but also, you know, someone's got to find you. Um, and, yeah. and you know, and and there's a lot of people that are going to have to grieve over your death. Um, yeah. So there's a lot that goes into, it, and sometimes people just. That just doesn't matter anymore. And if it's selfish, yeah. it's selfish. But it's also, like I said, you're not in, you're not in my head, so you don't know where I want to be in that time frame. And like I said, there's a lot of people that go through it, battle it for years, and then it's just whatever their bottom is, whatever their final straw is. It's just that's it. Yep. Um, I so think about it the way like um, like if you get like it's like whether it's cancer or like a chronic illness of some sort, whether 
it's like it be like cancer, heart disease, um, heart failure, you know, diabetes, whatever. That just wears on you and wears on you day after day after day. And um, the thing with mental health is it's very similar. Like you're hurting day after day after day. And sometimes you just, you, you feel like you can't hang on anymore because you're in so much pain. Maybe not necessarily physically, like if you are dealing with like a physical condition, but it's pain regardless. And it's just a different kind of pain. And sometimes people... You know, it's not that they're weak or they're, you know, anything like that. It's just literally that pain gets to be where it, no one likes pain. So it's just that pain just becomes where it's like, I don't want to deal with pain anymore. I'm over it. And people just, they do that. So um, I think mental health is a very under-discussed, under-served, under, you know, it's just there needs to be more help for it, I think. And especially in Montana where I live, um, it's kind of taboo topic. You know, it's getting better here. But it's the whole buck up, be a good, um, you know, just like don't cry, like get back on your horse and don't adjust your, your your wounds, don't adjust mental health. And we're a lot better than we used to be, but that's still kind of a culture in some of the areas here. And so you do see a high rate of suicide, especially here in Montana and the state similar to ours. I love my state, but it, I feel like we could do better there. Yeah. Right, right. And do you think, um, because I've always kind of subscribed to the idea of, you know, especially, especially with cancer, you know, if you don't, um, have the mental like will and support system and everything around you, you're going to give up. And if you give up mentally in something such as cancer, your body's going to go with it. Um, I don't know. Do you feel that way or feel different? I think my, my, I, I, I feel where I get where you're going. And I think, um, like the way I look at it is what's gotten me through all of my battles is one common thing, and that's hope. You can have the best support system in the world, but if you don't have hope, you're not going to fare well. I've seen people who have the best prognosis, but they don't have hope because they're like, they're just done, they're checked out. So they don't make it. And it's not because of mentally like suicide or anything. It's literally they just, they're done, they're hurt, they don't want to be there because they're just in pain. And so um, they just give up. And so they might have the best prognosis, but if you don't have hope that things are going to get better, it's hard to get through that fight. Um, so I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that goes along with what I think, too, is if you don't have hope um, or if you're not ready to go through this, I'm not saying that people don't want to go through this, but it's like if you're not mentally and physically ready to be like, I got to do what I can to get through this, it's really easy at the start to say, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I can to get through this. But when you're in the middle of the battle, and you're under fire, like, it's so easy to just say, you know what, there's no way out of this. It's not similar to cancer or anything like it. When you're under fire and your your body is sick and you're tired, you don't feel well, and there's no light at the end of the tunnel, like, how do you get through that? How do you push through? Right. Um, and so that comes into if you don't have a good support system or if you don't have a attitude that, you know, allows you to be like, you know what, I... I think I'm going to be okay. Or if you don't have hope, any of those things or in, any combinations of those things, you know, there's, there's so many things that go into play there, but I think the more factors you can get in your favor, the better. Like if you can get, have a good support system, but that's great and all. But I know personally when there was one time I remember where I did not have hope that things were going to get better. And that was when I found out about my diagnosis. And that's when I hit rock bottom. I can't speak for everyone else, but I know I didn't have hope in that moment, and that's what made me want to give up, like really give up on life. So, right. um, yeah. 
that's kind of where I stand on it, which is, it sounds very similar to what you're saying. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, do you think you would have had hope or even the will to want to go on if you didn't have someone around you telling you, like, hey, I love you. You can come home and you're going to be accepted regardless. And, you know, like, do you feel like you could have gotten through it if you weren't, didn't have any positive feelings? Because, I mean, I think if you just were like, screw it, I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, it all kind of trickles down mentally. I mean, hope comes from your brain. Like it, it comes from everything. But in general, like if you don't feel like there's even a need to live, you know, then your body's just going to kind of wither and just go like, okay, like you don't want to do this. Just let me know. I'll check out now. Like y you still yeah. may die, but if you don't even have a, a even inkling of wanting to survive this, um, yeah. your body probably won't survive it. Right. And I, yeah, no, I, I get you. And I've seen that, um, like in other people where they don't have the will. It's not that they don't want to live. It's literally like what you're saying is they're like, well, I'm going to die. Yeah. I've, I've seen them where they, there's no reasonable physical explanation for them dying, but their body just checks out because I personally think it's just there. It's a whole person thing. It's your mind, your body, everything. If one part of you goes, right, then the rest of you goes, you know, so. And I think it's hard to say for myself, um, you know, I've always been one that, like, it's hard because sometimes my mind is my biggest opponent. So it's hard if I have someone being like, you know, what, we can get through this or that support system. It's hard to say, like, I I don't want to think that I want to have made it. But, like, realistically, I don't know if I would have had the fighting chance that I have now. So, that's, yeah, that's a hard one. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just a theory, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything you we sometimes we just got to hold on to anything. Um, exactly. Yep. That gets us through life in general, not just, you know, the battles that you're fighting, but just in general, because like, you know, every day, you know, like, like you said, your, your mind is your biggest enemy. And I, I feel exactly the same way because in reality of yep. it is of all the pains and there was a period of time in my life where all my skin came off. And it's like, and I, you know, I, I love when doctors are like, oh, from one to 10, what's your pain? And it's like, well, 10 was no skin. So I I don't know what this is, but if I don't say nine or 10, you're not going to treat it. So, exactly. get to there. <laughs> but it's also like, I've been through so much, but it's like, I am, my mind is way more pain. You know, the the mm -hmm. excruciating, like mental thoughts that go through my brain where it's just like, oh, you can, you know, don't forget you have a knife over there. You can kill yourself. Don't forget, like, you're never, you know, you're ugly. You're, you're this, you're that. And, um, and there's times where you just, you know, as far as me, like, I lay in bed and I'll just beat myself to shit. And, you know, they're lesser than they used to be, but they still happen and they come out of nowhere. Sometimes when I'm actually happy and good things are happening because my mind doesn't want me to be happy. Yeah. And I try to, I try to fight it and, and I usually win most. I mean, I'm winning the biggest battle of all because I'm still alive. But when it comes to like the physical pain of stuff that I deal with and, and, and the mental pain, I'd rather the physical pain is like nothing anymore. Like to me, because it's just, and I'm again, you're, you have a lot more pains than I do, but you know, I, I, it's kind of whatever I get through it. And you know, my eyes, I'm not even really sad about my eyes as much as I used to be. I'm, I'm more humble, especially be doing, by doing this and talking to people like you. But when I, when my mind just goes somewhere, um, like I was talking to somebody the other day about how a lot of times, like I'll watch a show or something and I just kind of get this random fantasy of like, Oh, I'd like to be in this type of relationship and I'll just lay in bed and I'll have this wonderful fantasy and then, or daydream or whatever you want to call it. And then, it just goes left. Like 
I get attacked or some some random and it's not something that I was that's not where I was headed in my mind but my brain just right. puts me in these weird scenarios and just ruins them by whatever ends up happening in the end um, these weird conclusions and it's like man like mentally like you really have to stay on top of yourself because you don't realize like where it can take you because it's you know oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. and especially and there's people that are battling that who don't even have anywhere near half the problems that you and i have but mentally they're just damaged um, exactly yeah and that's why it's like yeah like you said they don't address it enough because it's like we all have mm -hmm. it just it just maybe not oh, as yeah. bad as some of us but we all have some sort of form of anxiety or stress or depression or whatever but um you know, so yeah, to me, like, I think the mental stuff over the physical stuff, and the physical stuff is not fun either, but I think if, if you're, if you're not mentally prepared to deal with any of this shit, you're, you're not going anywhere. Um, yeah. as far as just your daily life, like, oh, I want to go to work today. It's like, oh, why should I go to work? I'm, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. Why should I go to work? I can't see or, or whatever. Like you're going to get those constant hurdles thrown in front of you. And those are just you throwing those hurdles. That's not, that's not the work placement. That's not the world in general. Um, you know, you're, you're constantly just putting things in your way just to make your life harder. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Oh, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head with all that. But, you know. Yeah. And we've got, like, I've, I've been saying for the last seven months, like we, we need to stick together, especially disabled people, mental health, like whatever, but we, especially the disabled community, because we, you know, me and my friend Raven, we talked about how like, you know, 1.6 billion people have disabilities in the world so we're the biggest minority in the world but you wouldn't know yeah. that because you think you don't think there's that many of us you just think oh there's that one guy over there with messed up eyes or a messed up leg or something um yeah but in general there's so many of us and we don't you know i keep talking about the logo the guy in the wheelchair and it's like we are we are all put in that category whether we want to be or not and if we don't if we don't like, you know, metaphorically hold hands and join together and just push back and tell people like, look, we can do a lot of shit. We're special. We're amazing and not special how you try to make us. Um, but we, we, we can contribute in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, it's sad because like I said, there's, you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know you until the other day and it's like, you know, you're out there, you're doing things, you're living your life through all these horrible, just, tragedies but you know somehow you have the will to keep going and uh yeah and i think that's huge like you have to find that will because if you don't find it no one else can find it for you they can be a good support but you have to find a reason to hold on because if you don't then like that's what we talked about you have no hope you have no reason to live and then when it comes down to it what's going to keep you hanging on you know in that kind of situation right and, and that's why like i don't and it always sounds weird, but like, I don't, you know, put anything down that like people are like, well, I, I do drugs to make me want to just keep going. It's like, look, if you were in my circle, I would tell you, no, that's not a good way to go on about it. But if like, you're just the person I am, it's like, look, man, I need this or, you know, whatever. If, if God's your way through it or, 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 you know, what, whatever, you know, I don't, if it's a show that changed your life or a movie or a song or something, like whatever it is that helps you through life. How can I tell you no? Because life is hard for everyone, but especially for some others. Um, some of us have it way harder and, you know, it, we have to find things to hold on to. And like what you were saying earlier about, um, 
you know, trying to find a reason to live. And some people on the outside will just go like, well, what do you mean? Like you're breathing or you're, the, and it's like, you can say that because you're standing and your, your body's fully functional. Um, but you know, we have to find reasons to live and, and not just being able to breathe or see or, you know, whatever it is, we, we need more to hold on to because, you know, the, the, the darker side or, or the, the negativity is so strong at this point that it's giving me, you know, if I did a chart, you know, positives and negatives right now, I have one positive to 35 negatives. So I have to fill this positive list up very shortly because I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and so reasons to live, you know, like I said, whatever you find, hold on to that. And if it's family, right. you know, it's a dog or a cat, like, you know, whatever it is that makes you happy and keeps you wanting to continue to live. Right. That's the thing. Like just, do it as long as you're not hurting anyone or hurting animals like shit do whatever the hell you makes you happy um you know like, yeah yeah, yeah and that's yeah. why and I don't, sometimes yeah. that yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead sweetie go ahead um the sometimes the even if you only have one positive to like 35 negatives um that's it's really hard because it's like the odds are stacked against you and that aspect but it's like that positive would really be a good one in your own mind because like if everything's going up against each other, then that positive has to be that focus of this is going to get me through. So like for me, like my family hanging on for them or hanging on for the fact that I could have hope for a life, you know, just life in general. So that's what kind of got me through this last time was just the possibilities of hope, of what hope can bring. So it's kind of silly, but it was like, in that moment, that's what got me through. It was just like, you know, if I can get through this and, some days I was like, if I can get through this, and in a couple of months I'll be able to have a cheeseburger and a pot. It might right. seem silly, but it got me through in that moment. Other days it was my family. Other days it was maybe I can have a sip of water in a couple of hours if I can keep this down, even though I feel like crap. You know, it just got me through those moments and stuff. So whatever works for you, I mean, like you said, as long as it's not hurting anyone or whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, it's you just it's that little light at the end of the tunnel that you're trying to grab and maybe yeah. it's never attainable but it, the fact that you're still chasing it is kind of yep. high and, and it, it's what's keeping you going you're it, still moving through that tunnel towards that way at some point so yeah yeah because you yeah. you're probably never going to make it to the end of that tunnel but you're still trying to see what's there and just by that little glimpse of, of light it's like okay i want that um and it, it, like i said it's anything that keeps you going like you just got to you know, I'm sure your mind does the same. Mine wanders and it doesn't always wander into good places. Sometimes it's just curiosity of how is, you know, how are we created or whatever. But a lot of times it just creeps over to a place where I'm like, hey, get back over here and just got to constantly distract it. Whether you're multitasking, that's kind of what I do sometimes. If I'm really down, I'll try to whatever, listen to a podcast and play a game on my phone and, and whatever. Like just constantly keep my yeah. mind moving um, because when I slow down, that's when my brain just kind of goes like, hey, what about this? Yeah. Let me run this by you quick. It's like, no, no, I don't need that. Uh, yeah. And like mm -hmm. I said, it's just, like I said, it, depression and, and all this shit, it, it's, it's rough. But, you know, it's, it's like I, I've said this before in a previous episode where, you know, I'm not very religious, but I always think about like when I was in my, like heyday of my really darkest days, I think about like, 
if I died or, you know, by my own doing and, you know, there is a heaven and I could go there and I have to look down at my funeral and I look at the chaos that I created behind me and I see everyone and, you know, because I'm, I'm considered one of the stronger ones of the disabled people that I know and how much of the other strong ones and how much of the, the ones that aren't as strong but are still hanging around because they see people like me who's trying to overcome all these odds if i just end it what is the trickle down effect i'm not saying i have that effect i don't know but it's possible um and so that's the stuff that i i really think about when it comes to that it's, and, and then just the fact that a lot of people care about me and you know i don't want to let them down and obviously don't want to hurt them um, but you know, you also got to do what you got to do as a person. But I think that's what I kind of always come back to when it's comes to, you know, screw it. I don't want to do this anymore. And I just look at all those people and I go like, shit, like this could be bad for a lot of people. And it's like, it's one of those things. And again, like I said, it's a stupid thing I think about, but it's also like, I'm like, yeah, just, just send me back to hell or just, or send me to hell or, or, you know, you're basically making my life worse up here because I have to watch all these people and I got to realize what I did. And it's like, man, and you don't get, you don't get do-overs. So, uh, you know, like I said, that's why I've been so, so passionate about it because I know so many people are, are struggling. And, yeah. You know, whether they're disabled or not. Uh, right. A lot of people just get abused, you know, whether it's, you know, pedophilia type things or just, you know, their parents just beating them or, or whatever. People just go through a lot of trauma. That's like PTSD, you know, people always associate it with people in the, you know, going to war, but there's many versions of PTSD. And, exactly. Know. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's a, I think anything you do to like what you're doing to shed light on all of this is really cool. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's, you touch, you touch a lot of different um, people within the, people with disability community and outside of it too. But even if it's just that one person that one day listening and that decides, you know, they listen to your podcast or whatever it might be. And they're like, you know what? I'm not alone. That's an impact made right there. And that should, um, that's a reason maybe for that person to be like, you know what? Maybe I, I don't want to end things today because I'm not alone. But that's the kind of impact that you're making too, whether you know it or not. I mean, you know, it's just something to remind yourself, you know, when like whether you're having a hard time sometimes, like, you know what? That could be a reason for me sticking on to you. Not necessarily you in general, but like, you know, people in general yeah. when they make an impact and they're like, you know what? They don't give themselves credit for that impact that they made. So you got to recognize that for yourself too, that, you know, you are making the impact, which is awesome. And a lot of times people don't give credit, um, credit to those who deserve it. So, you know, it's important for you to recognize that, you know what? You are doing all right. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. I mean, and the, well, the problem with, the frustration that I have by doing this. I mean, I love doing it. I love talking to a lot of amazing people that I've, whether the people I already knew or people I didn't. Um, the disabled community is a hard community to reach because we don't support each other enough. I keep saying it. Right. It's not to shit on us, but the reality is we don't support each other in the ways we should. Right. We're constantly mm -hmm. looking for someone to help us. But then when people are actually trying to help you, it's like, wow, that's not what I wanted. It's like, we all can't have everything. Um, we need to stick together because we're not, we're not a strong unit, you know, for whatever you, you think about, 
you know, Black Lives Matter or, or PETA or, or, you know, the Me Too movement or any of these groups, whether you like them, hate them, whatever, they are doing something. They're making noise, whether it's negative or positive. Yep. They're making noise and they're letting people know that they're pissed off about whatever it is that they're pissed off about. We don't yep, have people now know what they stand for yet. Yeah, we don't have that. Now, there are some groups that, that fight for people with special needs, and that's that's great. But they're also a part of our community, and we could fight for them too. Um, but we need to fight for the deaf, the blind, you know, paraplegics. We need to fight for every everything. It's all or nothing, but, um, you know, we, we got to stop always feeling sorry for ourselves, even though we have real reasons to. And we just got to just push back and tell people, like, we're not you know, we're not lower than everyone else because we really are the bottom of the barrel in society, but we don't need to be, you know, we have to, we're constantly battling. And, you know, my friend Angela came up with the term that we're superheroes because we're constantly fighting. We're constantly doing things that are amazing. And the only way we're ever going to overcome all these odds is that, you know, cause some of us do really slip through the cracks and actually make something of themselves. But when they do, they kind of forget about the rest of us. And they don't, you know, for the most part, and they don't, you know, they get on Ellen or whatever. They don't come back and go, hey, you know, this community, they all, they helped me get to this point. You know, these, these people are just like me. I'm not just some anomaly that, oh, I'm smart because I'm deaf or I'm whatever. No, I'm, there's a lot of us. Um, so we don't really, we don't help each other. And Yeah. I yeah, and it's like that's bummer. Yeah, it is, and and you know, again, there are some of us out here that are that are supporting each other, and, uh, and that's why I keep trying to find more people like you and, and and others that I've had on and to come, you know, because we just we just got to support each other. We gotta, you know, somebody's doing something, and there's there's podcasts or certain things that I I will listen or watch some YouTube video or some vlog or something, and I'll just listen to it for fifteen minutes or whatever, just so they get their download. Even if I don't completely like it, it's just like, man, it helps that person in, in some way, shape, or form. And maybe you do get something from it. Um, and there's certain programs out there that I'll just promote and they're just like, hey, give it, send it over and I'll put it in your description of your episode or whatever. Like, this isn't, I'm not trying to make this podcast so big just for me. Like, I'm not using anybody for downloads. Like, yeah, maybe your story triggers more than my story. That's fine. I don't care. Like, let it, let you be the one. You know, I, I want your people to hear your story. Uh, you know, they don't even, if they even skip over my stupid voice, that's fine. Just help somebody um, right. in need. And, you know, and that's just, yeah. Like I said, I'm very grateful for anything I get in life, whether it's from this podcast or just in general. Um, you know, I genuinely am happy to be alive because I could have died and uh, a lot of people who had the condition that I had do die. So I'm here and speaking to you and you're here and speaking to me and it's just you know two people in two different parts of the states and you know like i said we're fighting in our own ways exactly in our own ways yeah um so enough of this really dark sad shit <laughs> <laughs> um what are you doing today like in a positive way like what are you what are you doing with your life um, so I have a nonprofit I founded uh, a couple of years ago. So I'm running that. It's a little bit bigger each and every couple of months. It goes a little bit bigger. And then uh, we do fundraisers. We do a lot of um, just being there for each other. Um, so whether it's a financial thing or just um, a support system, 
or referring people, letting people know they're not alone. We do a lot of that in our community. Um, so I'm the founder, and then I'm the president of the board as well. And then I work with the direct service stuff. So we do all the I do all the direct contacts with clients. And then um, so we are developing programs every so often, and then just maintaining, um, you know, all that. Um, I coach one of the activities at one of the local schools. I do like their speech and debate team. Um, and then I um, am working on some stuff for my schooling. I have my bachelor's of human service, which is a like essentially a bachelor's in counseling or social work. Um, so I have that, but I'm working on furthering that education. So I'm doing some of that. And then just, you know, trying to actually enjoy life because um, sometimes you, I, in the past, I would get so busy. This past year really made me slow down and be like, you know, this is priority. This is my family. This is what I need to be doing to help support them in the, my own way that I can. So really like showing up to my nephew's stuff, showing up for my family is really important. So I stay busy, but you know, I might be a lake short, but I'm the happiest I've been for a long time. And, That's awesome. um, you know, it's good. Life is, you know, life is good. Mine is COVID and all that, but you know what? I'm still here. I got loved ones that are in my life and my family and like my loved ones, like my mom and my siblings and I'm doing stuff I love. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's definitely good to have people around you because you know people are going to stare, people are going to say and think oh, yeah. things, and you may overhear some things they say, but if you have people around right, you that perfect. are just like, who gives a shit? Like, that's who they yeah. are. We, we love you. Who cares? Like, that's what makes yeah. you happy. Like, yeah, those things hurt, but if you have enough people around you that tell you that's not how we feel and that's not, you know, that's, that's not mm -hmm. the shit you need to be worrying yourself about, you know, over here is where everything is good for you. Um, yeah, and I had a, I've had to really work on that this past few months because I go out in public a lot to do like uh, go to school and um, do different things in the community and um, even outside my community. So it's a lot of um, you know people stare, and I always used to be really self conscious. I had no confidence, and I have more confidence now than I did last year. So because um, I just tell myself and I just remind those around me because other people feel bad for me. Or they feel sorry, or they see something that probably wasn't super nice. And I just have to remind myself, you know, they're not in my shoes. So, of course, they're not going to have the perspective that I have. They're in their own shoes. And should they say something mean? Is it malicious? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it doesn't, I, it doesn't need to affect me because I didn't choose to have cancer. So why should I feel bad about it? You know? And I just have to remind myself, you know what, if someone's going to hold the fact that I have one leg against me because I had cancer, well, that says more about them than me, so I'm not going to worry about it. So right. it just kind of took me a while to get there, but um, it's good to have support that where they validate, no, you are awesome. You might be short of lane, but you know what? You're an awesome person. So yeah. um, it's good when I do have those self-conscious moments or I'm lacking confidence. It's good to have them in my crew. So, yeah. Right. Does your like I know you said you were worried about if it's being genetic. Does your does your mom ever have some guilt for what happened to you, even though it's not her fault? Right. Um. I don't think it's, I don't want to call it. I don't know if it would be guilt, but I know that she's um in my family. Um. And I would feel the same way. Um. Probably. But the fact that they've watched me have to go through this and they felt I think the word hopeless would be appropriate because they can't take that pain away. They couldn't do anything to make it necessarily better in the physical world. They couldn't make me all of a sudden not have cancer. Right. Um, but they did what they could. They supported me in my decisions and they were there for me. And 
Um, you know, I, I know when my dad passed away from cancer, I felt super hopeless mm. and I felt angry and just a very angry person, not at my dad, but just angry at the world. It wasn't the world's fault. It was nothing like that, but I, I couldn't reason with myself. And I feel like that's how grief is in general is, um, I'm still alive, but my family had to go through that. So they grieved who I used to be or they grieved the possibilities of who I could be. But so it's just me showing the world and showing my family, you know what? Yeah, things didn't go like how I thought they were going to go this time last year. I didn't realize this was going to happen. I didn't realize I was going to have this amputation or be in the hospital or, you know, all this. But, you know, life took a turn and we just adjusted and um, we're doing fine. And I think that's important for my family to hear and the supporters um, and the community members because, they feel hopeless when someone's hurting. That's just human nature. You feel helpless. You want to help when someone's in pain right. for the most part. So when you can't do that and you can't do anything in that aspect, you just, you have these other emotions that pop up. You have anger, you have isolation, you have avoidance, you have all this. So if I can just help show people, you know what? Yeah, we, it sucks, but we got through it and it's okay. So I think that's important. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, with your, do you have like a website and everything for your your uh, nonprofit? Um, I don't have a act like an actual website, but we do have a Facebook page. Okay. Um, it's just lowercase www um, dot Facebook or whatever, and then our web page on Facebook is Project Footprints MT. So that's our Facebook page, and on there you can find all the good info about our events. I'm different things like that and then we have our email which is just it's on the facebook page or i think it is right and then um but yeah oh when i go to when i put this episode out i will have you send me that link and i'll put it in the description yeah for sure sounds good um do you have uh i don't know do you have any encouraging words for people with disabilities or or anything even just someone going through what you're Um, going through yeah i think i would just say um you know i'd like i Everyone has their own journeys and stuff, but like for me, I was, I did not choose that cancer. I didn't wake up one day and say, Hey, I want to have cancer. Um, and I think that's relevant to people, not just with disabilities, but in general, we have stuff happen or we are born with certain things. Um, things happen from accidents or illness, whatever it might be, things that we do not choose. Um, and as a result, we have some crappy circumstances handed to us. But that's all they are. It's just our circumstances. Um, so for me, it was cancer, and I had to go through some stuff, and it wasn't fun, but um, I didn't have control over that. Like, it was either I do the, the treatments or, you know, I literally die. Um, so it just, it was not fun, um, whether it be someone who, um, you know, is going through cancer or some other obstacle. Um, we don't choose that, but what we do have a say in or have a we can respond to is um, how we let that impact our life in the sense of how are we going to react to this? Are we going to react by being angry and take it out on the world? Am I going to react to me being angry or me? Am I going to react by, because I had cancer or had cancer, am I going to react to everyone that asked or said something? Oh, well, you're blah, 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 and just say not nice things. Am I going to be a wicked person? Am I going to be mean? Am I going to feel sorry for myself every single day? Um, so I have a choice in how I respond to these circumstances. Um, and I guess what I always say and what I try and tell myself is 
things happen, circumstances happen, but those don't have to define you. You get to just say, you get to say what defines you. So at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? Do you want it to be, she had cancer, she was a miserable person, or do you want it to be, she had cancer and she totally told cancer where to go and how to get there? Um, so what's your legacy going to be? Are you going to let, um, yourself define life? Um, and just things like that, you know, it's just, you take control of what you can control and the rest of it just, get through it and you know just live life right so, yeah. not super not super crazy but that's just what i got so yeah no that's that's good enough um just whoop, off the mic um yeah, so I just wanted to say, like I said, you're fucking, you're an awesome person, very special. Like, I'm very happy. Thank you for letting me tell your story. Um, oh, thank you. So if you ever need a friend or someone to talk to, please just reach out. For sure. Um, yeah. Like I said, we can, you know, whatever. If you want to do a podcast or do something down the road, and you want some some disabled people or someone to just speak or whatever, just call me. Whatever, anything you need. All right, appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you again. All right, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Take care. Bye. All right, guys, that was another uh, really um, emotional, fun episode. I don't know, there's a lot in there. Uh, yeah, this shit is mentally draining, guys. I know people want to like, oh, he's talking after the guest leaves. If you know, I'm, I, I did get that Roadcaster Pro, uh, not to take away from her. I just want to say this so I can kind of, after the phone call ends, like everything's just a, to the board. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, please support her story. Please help find people that this can help. I, I, you know, I think that's my only frustration, but I love doing this. I'm something I'm very passionate about and I love these people. Everyone I meet, just, it, they add something else. Uh, to what I'm trying to get done here and they just they make me feel better about who I am so um, it's funny I talked to somebody the other day and they they heard one of my depression episodes and I was like well you that was like two epi- two months ago like you could uh, keep listening because I, I get a little more positive lately so um, just me in general not, not some of the guests you know they but you know actually my guests are positive too it's just they're talking about it not on sad things and dark things but so be it anyway guys thank you for supporting this i love y'all seriously not just the ones that i can tell in person uh even the ones that you're out there that are listening that i don't know uh yeah like i said everybody stay safe and uh try to tr- just keep fighting whatever you're going through just keep it up and just don't give up. There are people out here like you that are, you know, out here pushing just like you are. And you're not alone. And, um, yeah. And if anybody would like that hears this that I have yet to interview and you want your story told, reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, I even just started Instagram. So we'll see how that goes. I don't really know what I'm doing, but oh well. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, hoody hoo out. See you guys. Bye.